Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pathways to Happiness podcast. My name is Nina Lavon, and today I am so excited because we are going to be talking about something I feel incredibly passionate about, and that is using music to improve our mental health, music psychology, and music therapy. So we'll be looking at the specific positive effects and the psychological benefits that it has, which are all completely backed by research and science. And we're going to be talking about how to use music as a well-being strategy in our life. I love today's topic because I am definitely a music lover. I love music from many different genres and I play guitar. So it's something that I can really relate to. But something I had really put on the back burner for a number of years. In fact, it's only been really the last couple of years that I've really recaptured my intense love for music and intentionally reincorporated it in my life in a very significant way. And I can definitely see the huge positive impacts that it's had on my life. So I am very excited to get to the topic. But of course, I need to take a moment before we start to thank you all for your support here and on the Nina Lavon YouTube channel. I feel like we are really starting to build a community here and I appreciate all the comments and topic ideas that you send in. So I just want to send out a huge thank you for being so amazing and remind you to become a subscriber both here again and on the YouTube channel if you aren't already. We definitely want you to connect. And with that, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. So for me, I've always had this huge connection with music. I'm sure without having to give it much thought, you can immediately recall songs that have stuck with you throughout your life, or you can think of an album that helped you through a tough time or makes you feel incredibly nostalgic. Music is a language of emotion, and I think that humans have this innate musicality and by that, I don't mean that all people are musicians. I think they, they could be, but even without doing so, they have the beautiful capacity to connect with music, to understand it, and to, you know, really derive pleasure from it. We see this across the ages and from culture to culture. We can see this when a baby hears music in a commercial and instinctively smiles or looks up or immediately starts to move to the rhythm. I can remember myself as a child and how much I loved hearing music. When I was really little, disco and pop were really popular, and I loved when my parents turned on the radio, especially when we were driving. It was like this incredible freedom. There was definitely a happiness connected to it. I remember listening to Diana Ross's Upside Down over and over and Le Freak by Chic and the disco version of Beethoven's Fifth. Even at such a young age, I could feel that music could change my emotions and just pull me into another state. My musical tastes have very much changed since then, but even at age four, I could see how music put me in a happier mood and had a positive effect on me. And it's absolutely true. Music boosts our dopamine level, which is the feel-good chemical messenger in our brain. And I think as kids, we make that connection. We know that music just makes us feel good. And I think we also notice the huge differences between music and the emotions that they connect us to, or the differences between musical genres and the emotions that they connect 
connect us to. My parents had this huge record collection and I would sit for hours just testing them out to see if I liked them. I had no idea what any of them really were and I developed a taste for Simon and Garfunkel and jazz and even show tunes and I started to feel like music was my friend. My brother was also a huge fan of music and as I got older I wanted to know more about the bands that he had on his t-shirts. In fact, I remember in preschool we were going to be playing kickball and our gym teacher said that we had to break up into teams and come up with team names. And so for my team the kids were like, oh we'll be the the unicorns, we'll be the rainbows, we'll be the the fluffy clouds. And I was like, no, we're gonna be the rolling stones. And everyone was like, oh yeah, we're gonna be the rolling stones. And we all just immediately assumed we were cool because we knew what the Rolling Stones were, even though we really didn't. We couldn't have identified a singular Rolling Stones song if our lives depended on it. We couldn't have told the Rolling Stones apart from Michael Jackson. But I think we knew that there was just such, you know, this natural appeal to music. So even just hearing the name of a popular band, we just wanted in. And I will never, I have to tell my brother that story because I had just seen him wearing the Rolling Stones t-shirt that morning and I just thought it looked super cool so I was trying to get some cool points on the the schoolyard that morning I guess. Honestly my brother was just like this iconic 1970s cool kid. He was eight years older than me and he had all the band posters in his room and he had even a, a pinball machine for some reason and he had this kiss mirror in his bedroom with these really big pictures of the band on it. So big that it kind of even obscured your vision of yourself, but it was still worth it because you had these faces of Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons right there. So I was just so intrigued by all the band names on the posters in his room and the album covers and the shirts that he had. I figured they, they must be impressive if they were incorporated into his wardrobe. So I started to listen to his albums and it really opened up an entirely new world to me because he was really into Pink Floyd and The Who and Rush and ACDC and I just had this instant connection to guitar even though a lot of the music I was really too young to process it and some of it kind of terrified me. I was drawn to it but it really scared me at the same time. I would always hear him playing another brick in the wall and I would get so creeped out by the sounds of the the little British children singing especially after I saw the music video. But I was really just so inspired by the guitar and I found it so appealing that eventually I really came to appreciate his musical taste and of course the instrument itself. It moved me just more than any other instrument so I was drawn to it. I ended up, uh, you know, and playing guitar myself and playing in punk bands during my college years and it was something that just felt like home to me. In fact, I am very curious to hear if you felt that way growing up, if there was something specific that you felt this type of connection to, whether it be a certain genre or a certain instrument, but if there was something that just immediately clicked for you. I think that sometimes the right music just finds you at the right time or we seek out what we instinctively know will be helpful to us or enjoyable to us or comforting to us and what music best affects our mental health or connects with us can really change 
depending on the stage of life we're at or our mood or, you know, the specific situation we are in. It was really strange because, like so many of us, music was just a, this enormous part of my identity until I went through what was definitely the most difficult and dark part of my life, which ironically was probably the time when music could have really helped me out the most, but I became really distant from it. I didn't really listen to music. I didn't want to play the guitar. I didn't really even notice that this was happening, but what was interesting was that when I really turned the page in my life and became, you know, happier again, I started craving music and I could see the difference in myself when I started reconnecting with music and the joy it gave me. And once I made that connection, I was so sad that I hadn't thought to, to use music to help me through that difficult time in my life because I really just had not done that. And I can't help think how much it would have comforted me or been a friend to me during that time. But since then, I've been such a huge advocate for music therapy, and I've done a ton of research on the psychology of music and why it affects us so much and all that it can give to us. So that's exactly what I wanted to talk about today. And I wanted to offer some strategies on how we can intentionally use music as a tool to improve our mental health and well-being, and a whole bunch of other fascinating things I've learned over the years about the psychological effects of music. It's fantastic because this is something they've really begun to study and something that's been found to be incredibly beneficial as a form of therapy. In fact, music therapy is something that is becoming more and more popular and is used to help individuals who have experienced depression, trauma, addiction, grief, anxiety, and many other mental health challenges. Very clear research shows that it can greatly act as a medium for processing difficult emotions and can act as a calming agent for dysregulation. In fact, many psychiatric hospitals have music therapy groups and have shown to be highly effective. And, you know, this is something that is very real. There is a real connection between music and an improvement in mental health. And even those of us who aren't dealing with mental illness or trauma, these benefits are still available to us. Music therapy specifically is something that really could be discussed for hours and hours and hours, but I want to share the basic components of it because these are principles that we can try on our own or maybe things that we naturally do already. So the four musical interventions that music therapy involves are lyric analysis, improvisational music playing, active music listening, and songwriting. So lyric analysis is something I'm sure you do without even noticing you're doing it. But in music therapy, it is encouraged that you speak about musical lyrics or write about them and what they mean to you and how they may relate to your own experiences. This is where we might notice that specific lyrics can be applied to our own life or our own obstacles. I think that lyrics can be very validating for us when we find artists that seem to be singing about experiences that correlate to our own life, that can be very healing and it can be a non-threatening way to help us process our own emotions. 
this is something I know for me that I instinctively do. I think we all do. I think we hear songs sometimes and they can pull us right back to the time when those lyrics most apply to our life. And it reminds us of those times. It's really cathartic. Two of the other music therapy interventions, which are improvisation and songwriting, are ones that I feel that many people have not tried, but can be incredibly empowering. As a musician, and by a musician I do not mean a virtuoso, just someone who plays an instrument well enough to get enjoyment from it, these are practices that could not be more meaningful for me. And I absolutely do not think you even need to be able to play an instrument well or have any true capability to do this. Even kids can bang on a drum or use a keyboard to make a melody and write lyrics for it. It is such a rewarding and positive experience and such a powerful tool for emotional expression. And I personally believe that if you do have a love of music, learning to play an instrument is truly a gift that you can give yourself that ends up being a friend to you throughout your entire life. But even without doing that, songwriting and improvisational music playing is still possible because it really doesn't matter what it sounds like. It's just for you. It's not for any kind of audience unless you want it to be. So it can be a really personal experience. And it also puts us in that flow state, which we know is directly linked to happiness. And the last intervention in music therapy is active music listening. And this is what we, again, naturally are doing when we turn on our favorite song, if we're giving it our full attention. And the great thing about this practice, I'm sure you've noticed, is that it can easily regulate our mood or amplify an emotion that we are intentionally wanting to exaggerate. So, for example, sometimes we want to hear angry music when we're having a bad day. And it can be music that's loud and aggressive, or it could just be, you know, the lyrics that are angry. For me, the Smiths have always been a band that I can put on when I'm really not in a good mood because the lyrics are so sarcastic and dark. And for whatever reason, it instantly puts me in a better mood because it's playing with the emotions that I'm already feeling. I have a lot of clients who love to listen to sad music when they are sad. Now, that's definitely not me. I don't enjoy sad music at all, but that's good to know also. It's great to have an awareness of how music affects you because it's such an emotional experience. For me, I've never enjoyed sad music, and sad music genuinely makes me feel terrible. It makes me feel horrible. Whereas for someone else, for many other people, it helps them to listen listen to music that matches their mood, that they feel relates to how they are feeling. I prefer to use music to alter my mood, but it just depends on what you personally find most comforting. In music therapy, the therapist will often start by playing music that, that matches the current mood of the client and then will slowly start to shift it to something more uplifting. So that's a you know, technique that you can try. That's a technique that we can definitely use on ourselves. And if you are interested, by the way, in learning more about music therapy, I think one of the best resources is the website Music 
musictherapy.org. This is kind of the hub for the American Music Therapy Association, and you can find a ton of really fascinating information there, and it can also direct you to a bunch of other resources and references. So definitely check that out, especially if music therapy is not something you are already familiar with, because you'll just find a wealth of information there. I also wanted to touch upon some of the other psychological benefits of music because we are learning so much more about how music goes way beyond just being entertainment. So we already know how powerfully music can influence our feelings and our behaviors and our thoughts and how it can help us cope with stress but it can also help us become more self-aware. In fact, what music we are gravitating to can provide insight into different aspects of our personality, even parts of us that we've never really let come up to the surface before. So it can be incredibly insightful to pay attention to the music that you are drawn to at different stages in your life. In fact, you can probably learn a lot about your past self by really diving deep and analyzing some of the music that you've loved over the years and asking yourself why you think you liked it so much and what you think that really says about who you were at that time or what you were going through. For me, everyone is always so surprised to hear how into punk music I was growing up, but for me, that makes perfect sense because punk music is all about nonconformity and individuality, which is something that was really important to me over those years and, of course, still now, because I was not only trying to figure out who I was as a person, I was also really noticing that I was very different from a lot of the people around me. And music helped me feel really positively about that instead of feeling like an outsider. And later I found myself gravitating to bands that had lyrics that were more intellectual because I love philosophy and I love to spend time contemplating things. And so I could see parts of my personality being reflected in the music that was appealing to me at that time and of course even today. And so I definitely invite you, if you've never done this, to start a music journal or at least take time to think about all the music that was you know, or has been really meaningful to you over the years, and then figure out what needs it was fulfilling for you or why you identified with it so much. It can really be eye-opening and can, again, just say so much about who we are and all the things we've gone through over the years. And I feel that in some way music stays with us. It's like a little piece of who we are and what has been important to us over the years. And if you want to take it a step further, go ahead and make that music journal. You can even write down new music you find that you like and ask yourself why it's speaking to you right now. It's just such a fantastic tool to really get to know ourselves a little better and to help us to understand ourselves and maybe uncover some things that we aren't directly thinking about. Sometimes when we see something on the page, it just gives us these deep realizations. So let me know if you end up trying this. It is something that I did for a number of years, and while I don't really actively have a music journal now, I always write down music that I like or new music so I can remember it because it is just such a good find when you, you know, find music that you connect to. 
There are also so many other ways that music can help us. It can improve our cognitive performance, believe it or not, and it's been shown to have benefits for our memory. I'm always amazed at people who can, you know, write or read while they listen to music. For me, I can only listen to music. I can't do music and do much of anything else, maybe clean the house, but that's about it. But some people can actually listen to music and do something creative at the same time. I definitely don't have that ability, especially if something has lyrics, because I, my mind will start thinking about those lyrics. But a lot of people can do it. And again, it has a lot of memory enhancement benefits, especially classical music, I have heard. So that's something that you can try as well. Music can also help manage pain. I find the studies on this to be incredibly interesting. And another indication that music therapy can be beneficial in many capacities. But they've done research on participants that are post-surgery or that have specific medical conditions, and they've found there to be a significant reduction in feelings of pain, even for those who experience chronic pain. We also have seen great evidence that it helps with anxiety, stress, depression, which we touched on earlier. And I think something that is interesting is that the results on these studies were even more significant when the patients were allowed to select their own music. Actually, I'm not that surprised to hear that because I think that if you are listening to music you don't like that would probably bother you even more because music is just so so personal but if you want to really study this research there was a great uh, study kind of recently by dr david lewis hodgson of mind lab international and he found that instrumental classical and ambient music can dramatically reduce anxiety. So it can reduce anxiety by up to 65% according to this study. So that's something that you can, you can look up. So I find it amazing that music can not only help reduce these very negative symptoms, but can also reduce physical pain. Something else that you've probably noticed already is that music can also improve motivation. So when we are running or working out, you know, we notice that when we're listening to music, we're able to go faster or go longer. And there's a good reason for this. This is something that is is research based. Again, we know concretely that music really can enhance motivation for sure, especially when we are listening to music that is fast paced. It can motivate us to work out even harder. Music also improves performance, it improves endurance, and it improves relaxation, which is something probably that you definitely know already. So I think we all love the experience of coming home and just listening to music at the end of the day. And it just is a way to ground us and to relax us and release our attention. And if this is something you haven't done in a while, definitely do this. Take time for yourself to just sit down, especially in the dark, and just put in your earbuds and listen to great music. When I went through that time that I didn't really listen to music, I hadn't done that, you know, taking that time to just listen to music and do nothing else in well over a year. I took like a year off from doing that. So 
now that is probably my absolute favorite thing to do is just to allow myself that time and it just completely it relaxes me and energizes me at the same time so if you haven't done that in a while indulge yourself give yourself that experience because it will definitely you know reconnect you with music and you'll be able to see those positive mental health benefits right away so if nothing else today, I really hope that I inspired you to start listening to music again and to start making it a bigger priority in your life just because there is so much evidence to the fact that it really enhances our life on so many levels. There are just so many major mental health benefits of incorporating music into our everyday life. And it's something that we get too busy for a lot of times, or it's something that's just in the background that we don't really pay attention to. So if that's the case for you, I hope that today is a game changer for you and you start remembering what music you loved and what inspired you. And I would love to hear about your own musical influences, by the way. I always am curious to hear about other people's favorite music because it helps me to understand what they're all about and helps me relate to them more. So I would love for you to go ahead and post below your musical influences or what genre you like or you know what artists really inspire you. I find that to be incredibly interesting. Whenever I talk about music, people always ask me what my favorite genre of music is or what my favorites are at the moment. So I'll share, but it really is kind of all over the place. I recently found an old iPod that I've been missing for a couple years, and it's really the full spectrum there. It's everything from the Hamilton soundtrack to 80s metal to Celtic music, you name it, is probably on there. I definitely favor older music right now, mainly because I can't find a lot of music currently that I really identify with, but I'm working on that because I know it must be out there somewhere. I tend to like music that's guitar-based. I really like rock music. I really like folk music, especially if it's acoustic guitar-heavy. I like a lot of world music. I like a lot of alternative music. I don't really have a favorite artist, but I would say that at least three out of my top 10 favorite songs of all time are by a band called Rush. But I think the late 80s and the 90s, the music of that time is probably my favorite. But of course, it all depends on the mood I'm in. People always also ask me what type of guitar I play. Um, I have three guitars, but really my absolute favor is a custom Fender Stratocaster. It has a lot, I have an emotional connection to it because it is something that I spent a whole summer earning the money to, to buy and they had to make it. So I waited for months and months and months for it. It's this beautiful pink uh, champagne pink sparkly Fender Strat and I love it. I, I don't think I could ever get rid of it. So that's probably my, my favorite one. I would love to hear if you are a musician as well. And if you aren't a musician, what instrument you would like to play or wish you played because I really think that it's never, ever, ever too late to start playing an instrument and you can find very low cost instruments that you know people are always uh, you know rotating them around and selling them you know very inexpensively so just wanted to encourage you in case that's something that's always been in the back of your mind but if not just listening to music can completely 
change our life. So as always, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast today. Keep those questions coming. If you have something specific you'd like to ask about or a topic you'd like to be addressed, you can email me at nina.lavon at gmail.com and that's spelled N-E-N-A dot L-A-V-O-N-N-E at gmail.com and you can also find me on Twitter and my Twitter handle is at Nina Lavon. So again, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I hope the rest of your day is extraordinary and I look forward to talking to you next time. Have a great day guys. Take care.